Welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. I am one of the hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. Caleb Shively here, the other host, saying he's the other host. You do it like nobody else could do it, Caleb, and that's what I love about you. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I take it back a little bit. Um, That's fine. Every every two weeks on Actually Best Choice Movies, we talk to you about two movies. One of them's old, one of them is new, and they're related in some way like the past and the present. Would you say, Caleb? Yeah, and thank you for putting our time frame on there, Chris. Uh, Yeah, uh, this week, if... You listen to us. Well, because a lot of times I say every week, but that's incorrect. And every time I say it, I'm like, fuck, you fuck that up. It's not every week. Yeah, I never say that because I don't want to be hard on you because you're very so hard on yourself. I Uh, am. (laughs) Catherine was just saying that to me earlier tonight. (laughs) Uh, Listeners know that uh, we are movie fans, but also stoners. And we like to combine that to uh, our annual 420 episode, uh, which just happened. Yeah. Congratulations to you and to me. But yeah, this week we're doing uh, our stoner episode for action films. Uh, uh, Nobody just got released in theaters and on demand. And it stars a uh, hero of ours, Bob Odenkirk. And we're pairing that with Mandy, which is, if you know this movie, that's a fucking stoner movie. It's also a fucking action movie. Both those things collide. Yeah, uh, anyway. Um, action movie. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, me and Chris will talk about it more, but like we love action movies. We just never really talk about them on our podcast because like we always like try to do like i don't know because we just have there's so much movie we try to do like better more critically acclaimed movies and action movies for some reason because the critics are stupid uh <laughs> never get as much critical acclaim did i not make us talk about hobbs and shaw on the show did i not make us oh I, I think i shut that down i didn't want to do that oh yeah that's very unfortunate <laughs> See, anyway I'm that's stupid. all this week on actually best choice movies movies uh, but before we get to any of that, so we're just talking about, like Caleb was saying, like action movies. Like we both do like action movies, but you hardly ever talk about them on the podcast, right? Because like you were saying, they're like, we're trying to do like good movies, quote unquote. Although I have definitely made, I made us do the Marvel movie that one time, which I yeah, know you hated. You're so mad the about state of action movies now is just that. But I really wish that there are more action movies, which is yeah. why I wanted to help support nobody i mean there's like good action movies that come there's out. good action movies yes, yeah definitely. Uh, i mean i would say I nobody think, falls into that category yeah, this is like a good action from, movie. yeah upgrade, upgrade yeah last, that was yeah. pretty good I, I i liked upgrade we we should have done that on the show i don't know why we didn't do that yeah there's probably, it was like probably kind of like a movie, genre yeah. movie like a grindhouse yeah. kind of movie i mean me and chris always see the mission impossible movies in theaters because those are like big set piece things to go see I mean, those uh, we, are great movies. That yeah. that movie last, the last one where Henry Cavill like cocks his arms like shotguns yeah, and then punches cool. Tom Cruise through a wall, like <laughs> amazing stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, we did John Wick three uh, on our podcast. We did three, yeah, we did three, we uh, did just because yeah. that was a big movie at the time, and I don't know, we just wanted to do it. <laughs> but it was I don't great. know, I'm like, glad we did, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I like uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I think yeah. Hobbs and Shaw is a fun movie. <laughs> I, I think mean, it's I'm great. A, I mean, I love every single Jackie Chan movie. Pre two thousand, yeah, yeah those, those are fucking fun. I mean, uh, I mean, it is just a good movie in general. Uh, RoboCop. <laughs> I wait, I, okay, but speaking of Jackie Chan, I have this in my intro for nobody. Uh-huh. But did, did nobody remind you of a Jackie Chan movie in some ways? Uh, in some ways, I could, yeah, I could see that in the, uh, I mean, in the fight scenes, sure. I mean, but that, yeah, in the fight scenes, that's what I mean. Yeah. In the fight scenes, yeah, in the fight choreography, yeah, yeah. I guess there is like. 
when there is an action movie that is transcendent to like breach over across of just being like, oh, this is just a you're dumb if you don't like this movie. I, I would say like Mad Max Fury Road is just a oh, transcendent sure. action movie. I would say Face Off. I, I mean, maybe Robocop when I was a kid, when I was a kid, yeah. the first one that I thought I saw that I thought was like, you know, really, really amazing. And I'm talking not I'm, I'm not talking about Terminator 2 or something, which obviously that was really amazing. No, I mean, are, I remember yeah. seeing the first Batman movie. I remember going to see that in the movie theater. Uh, I would have been like seven years old, which is crazy. I went with my older brother. It was we had to stand in a very long line and it was a lot of fun. But um were uh the hong kong movies from john woo like i think oh sure those are like the um the killer and hard-boiled i mean especially hard-boiled that hard-boiled, was like my sick, favorite yeah. one i love that movie i saw that when i was in i don't know middle school or like a freshman in high school or something and i was like this is amazing this is that movies can be this mm-hmm. this is so much fun it's mm-hmm. so it's so inventive and it's so much like you know, I, I, you can't help but think these things as you go around in the world, right? Like, oh, I wonder if I could like jump from there to there. And I wonder if I could like, if I was riding a motorcycle, could I like squeeze in between these things? So to see that kind of <laughs> yeah. inventive creativity, like on screen, it's fantastic. And again, I, I agree. It's the creativity. And to bring this to like the stoner aspect of it, like you simply want your mind blown when you're watching a movie as a stoner. <laughs> uh, and like, you have to be creative. You have to do new things. And like, of course people, uh, good guy fights, bad guy that's been done. But the detail to have what in that is what makes action movies so fucking fun and transcendent and makes me want to watch them. Like, uh, I always hear, hear directors say, uh, you can make a drama movie a lot easier than you can make an action movie. It's hard to make an action movie good that it's hard. (laughs) It is to make a drama good. Oh my God. I mean, it seems so much harder because it's all like you have to, it's all staging and you know, like it's something has to actually happen in the real world and you have yeah. to film it correctly. And you have to differentiate between everything else. Cause it's like people, again, like we've seen people shoot guns and have fights, but to make it unique is. It's pretty art. difficult. It's art. Right? Especially yeah. in 2021, right after all the movies that have been made and the whole history of movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're still doing stuff. I, I, uh, I would uh, say these I, two I'm, movies this week are both yeah, succeed in that. Very much you know? succeed in helping the genre move forward and also uh, being good in their own unique ways, uh, stoner movies too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I we'll know. get into it now. Uh, yeah, you want to get into yeah, it? Yeah. 420 episode. 420 episode. Our first movie this week is Nobody. I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. So to the very long list of older Hollywood people who've gotten to take a turn as action stars later in life in the general mode of taken, you know, Liam Neeson, Jennifer Garner, Keanu Reeves, Mel Gibson, Sean Penn, Kevin Costner, Pierce Brosnan, uh, and Nicolas Cage for several things. Um, we can now add Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> you know, it's just who thought Bob Odenkirk, you know, the base of it, definitely the last person you think to add to this list of people. But of course, he's not that unlikely, like after all the stuff he's been doing in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, which are both, you know, obviously hugely critically acclaimed and fantastic 
things, right? Basically the last person that you would ever expect, um, which is true uh, in the plot of the film. He's supposed to be the last person you would expect to be doing the things that he's doing. It's called nobody, right? Um, but it's also true in real life. There's some fantastic stories he's been telling in interviews about uh, training in the gym owned by David Leach, who's the co-director of John Wick and also the director of uh, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw. Um, so he owns this gym. Uh, it's called 8711. Also, the production company is 8711. And it's like, you know, everyone in the world trains in these gyms, like Keanu Reeves, Jason Statham, Halle Berry. And then Bob Odenkirk will be like, oh, I'm in the corner getting my ass kicked, <laughs> you know. But so... Um, so the new movie, it's called Nobody. It's directed by Ilya Nashuller, who also directed Hardcore Henry. Uh, and as in a lot of other modern martial arts masterpieces, the plot of Nobody is a little, you know, thin. It's basically just downtrodden, middle-aged everyman. Bob Odenkirk is knocked out of his ennui by home invasion and embarks on a quest to find a little kitty cat bracelet for his daughter. Um, and it ends up costing several dozen people their lives, right? But it's like not about the plot. It's obviously about the immaculately, hilariously choreographed fight scenes that make you think of everything from Jackie Chan, like I was saying, to, yeah, John Wick. It's very John Wick in, in a lot of parts. Also notable is a fantastic supporting performance from Christopher Lloyd. Yes, Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> who is Bob Odenkirk's shotgun-toting dad, who's, who's like, still got it, you know? Um, I thought this movie was hilarious, moving, exciting, really just like one of the best things I have seen in a very long time. Catherine was like, why aren't all movies this? Like this was just perfect. Um, Caleb, what, what did you think about this movie? It's good old disposable fun. And like, I'm not here to like, you could have me nerd out about Bob Odenkirk. Like he's, I always sure, referenced him course. as a God in my life. Uh, right. Bob like, Odenkirk, of course, Mr. Yeah, Show. Within, and, so within you know. Mr. Show, you knew of his commitment to a bit times knowing what is best for the written material. He's a writer. Like Bob's a writer first. Yeah. He's always said this and he's going to approach his material as a writer. So fans know he's capable of mostly anything as an actor, which is great. And as a fan, you still love to see him stretch himself as an actor. And really that's what makes nobody unique. It doesn't yes. like Bob doesn't have the classic physique or disposition. Uh, so the actual turn in the movie of like, Oh wait, this uh, mild manner family man really is a badass train killer gets an extra jolt just because like, it really just is like casting Gumby. I don't know. It's just, so I mean, it's just so unlikely, and, right? You just, yeah. and everybody is, his first fight, the first amazing fight scene on this uh, bus, it's against <laughs> this big, huge group of Russian tough guys. And they're huge. And they, Bob Odenkirk says something tough to him and they, to them, and they'll just laugh at him so hard. And you're, as the audience, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, it is actually, even though you know he's about to like kick the shit out of them, you're like, I mean, but do look at him. Like, you know, <laughs> seems impossible. Uh they say uh, they use the phrase in the movie, and I thought that was very smart to do. This movie hands it a lot to you. It's oh, uh, yeah, it, it sure. goes down so easy. They say uh, the phrase "a wolf in sheep's clothing," and I think they uh, very much at the beginning lean into the sheep part hard, uh, and I think that's very very smart to do. Uh, like especially after there's like, like there's a break in at his house, uh, and then like you uh, and there's a part where he's gonna could attack the the uh, the intruders, and he doesn't. And then, like, you get a couple, uh, I don't know, like a good 10 minutes of, like, his brother-in-law 
shitting on him or like even the cops saying like i would have taken a swing like being, yeah it like, goes on for a down. long time yeah like you're saying like they're establishing him as being like a complete like just a doormat yeah like a it doormat even, like, everyone's yeah. talking shit they even about show him. him in like bed with his wife and there's like a they put pillows between yeah, them they have a they wall sleep. of pillows between them <laughs> yeah and then like you said like uh you alluded to it there's uh, a thing that breaks him uh and that's uh his daughter saying they took my kitty cat bracelet <laughs> Uh, which is funny enough, but also, uh, uh, I don't know, like in John Wick, his, like always think like, oh, his puppy dog got killed. Uh, right. This is that like, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a kitty cat kind bracelet. of meaningless, but also like very, very meaningful, <laughs> yeah. you know? And but his daughter doesn't even really seem like she cares. She's just like, where's my kitty cat yeah. bracelet? That was like his final straw. And it's cool to learn that was his final straw. Cause like we learned that like, oh wait, he actually isn't this thing that we've been seeing this whole time. He's actually fucking stone cold trained murderer uh and i think what the b- movie does really good uh in its script uh written by uh derek colstead who did wrote the john wick movies uh like he goes to track he tracks down the killers very easily you, you, you see all his skills that way and he doesn't do do much to him because he realized that they're just poor people and he doesn't kill them he doesn't get his bloodlust on so he like takes the bus home and that's where we get this amazing first scene because he sees like these oh, wait, drunk assholes come on the bus, which Chris alluded to. Well, yeah, but can I just say so right up until this point? So we he's been a complete doormat, right? He's everybody's shitting on him. Everybody's acting like he's such a beta male soy boy, you know, like a piece of garbage. And we're he's stuck in this routine life. But then he does have this breaking point about the bracelet and he goes and he's doing like bad stuff to people, like kind of light level bad stuff. But for the whole part of this this section of the movie, he's riding the bus and it's playing like ominous, like um, action movie music while it's showing the bus driving by. And it's I thought that was so funny and like so well done, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, the, uh, now we're getting to this first like big set piece. There's only like maybe three or four set pieces in this movie. But the yeah. first one I thought was like the best one. And that's this it's bus fantastic. scene. It's, it's absolutely so dope. fantastic. It's also very long. Uh, and it's one of those things that's like, oh my gosh, this is going so long. We're like, now it's funny. Like, even though like nothing is really shifted, it's just the t- the tone of it is just being like, man, they're just keep getting up and fighting. It's funny now. <laughs> right. Cause it is like a, it's, it's like, I mean, I haven't really been in, in like real many real world fights, maybe just like one in my whole life. Uh, but it's like, cause they all fight. And but it's not none of them are knocked out and they're all still in the same space. So they just kind of stand up and then they start fighting again. And it yeah, happens like several times. Off. Yeah. I mean, I mean the I longest, get... funniest one is Bob Odenkirk gets thrown out the window of the bus and he's knocked out. And when we cut to all the tough guys and they he's kicked the shit out of them, they're all like, Ooh, like like one of them has all his teeth knocked out and he's like, Is it bad? And the rest of them were like, Yeah, it is. And they're all like, I can't believe this happened. This is crazy. And then that goes on for like a minute. And then Bob Odenkirk stands up on the sidewalk, walks back into the bus, and starts the fight again. Uh, he chokes someone with the stop cord and the stoplight keeps going off. That's just a fun thing. <laughs> of course, you write stuff. that down. Yeah. It's uh, fun stuff. And again, yeah. this has nothing to do with the plot to this point. They just happen to be, these guys just were exactly. wrong place for And they don't time. even start a fight on the bus. They're just like being loud jerks. Like uh, they intimidate even, a woman. And they Bob's intimidate like, a woman. Yeah. yeah like, but only says, a little bit, you know, uh, Hutch says Bob's character's name is Hutch man. So what a lame name. Uh, he says this girl's getting home safe tonight. <laughs> And she, she's going to get home safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, go ahead. it's an amazing fight. It's really funny. I mean, the way that it goes on that, like, 
Because at first, too, he's like, maybe we're supposed to think he's a little rusty because compared to the later set pieces, he does kind of take a bunch mm-hmm. of licks. You know, he gets cut and stabbed a few times, but he keeps like, right, he keeps getting back <laughs> up. And there's a certain point where he he pulls out a part of the like the bars you hold on to when you're standing up on the bus. And it's just like like you don't That's even cool. see it. It's like part of the background. And then Bob mm-hmm. just like yanks it out and starts beating the shit out of someone with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like a... a- classic fight scene like he pulls out a gun and empties the bullets throws a gun down like hey i'm here to fight oh, yeah. now yeah uh, and again, then later it, on someone runs back to the gun and tries to put the bullets in yeah. it like it's it has that situational awareness mm-hmm. like everything that's happened they're thinking about and like everything about the environment they're thinking about mm-hmm. right so anything like that like oh well remember he dropped that gun at the beginning and somebody could just pick it up like yeah that happens that does happen <laughs> Uh, we are saying it John Wick a lot, but uh, it had like it had the same writer, uh, produ- D- David Leach produced it. Uh, same editor too. Uh, well, there's two editors: uh, uh, Evan Schiff, who did the last two John Wick movies, and then uh, William Ye, who did uh, Hardcore Henry. Uh, but yeah, editing fight scenes; those are very tricky. And I think they made it so fluid. Like, there's a lot oh, happening yeah. in this. It's very scene. easy like, to it's follow the fight yeah. scenes. Yeah, like, so easy to follow. Yeah. yeah, and it's still just like made me super excited edge of the seat like oh what like what are they, they going to do now they're doing new cool stuff and very quickly i uh yeah way, and way for go. a lot of the fight <laughs> scenes they have this kind of dramatic energy where it's like bob odenkirk wants to fight but he doesn't necessarily want to like kill everybody yeah. and he's he keeps being forced to up his like level of violence and you keep seeing him in the fight scene being like ah fuck okay and then he does something like really nasty to somebody you know mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas before he's obviously even been holding back and then he has to ratchet it up yet again and you can just see him be like oh, i don't want to have to go any higher than this and then he has to and then he and then he, yeah disgusting he's just doing absolutely disgusting things to these mm-hmm. people yeah uh and just to say uh to pivot to the rest of this movie from this bus scene so this bus scene is so pivotal because one, it like opens up the plot. One of the guys he ends up uh, putting in the hospital. Uh, he gives a tracheotomy to, the to this yeah. guy on the bus. It's so funny. Yeah, it tr- yeah, and then it turns out, yeah, he's connected to the Russian mob. So that's the rest of the movie. But also, like, it establishes that Hutch here uh, is not doing it out of revenge, but he's doing it to better uh, specifically himself. Like, this is how he becomes uh, less emasculated. This is how he, uh, he feels confident in his life again. And like he has sex with his wife, he, he's uh, uh, talking better. He's more confident at work. Uh, and you know that's not that great of a story. Like again, like it's, said it's basically intro, the it's, plot of Joker, right? I mean, it's basically like Bob Odenkirk is Joker in this movie. Yeah, it's not that great of a plot. Like it's oh God, okay, cool. He's doing something. He's beating up people, and he feels good about it. Uh, but there is like again, the plot doesn't matter because the plot doesn't. The plot matter. doesn't matter, right? I mean, in a movie, I mean, okay. I, I felt that way during John Wick. Like I, I am oh, somebody hundred percent, yeah. Because they establish so much that John Wick like doesn't want to have to murder everybody. Of like same like this, like in that movie, and then you're like, well, just stop, John Wick. Please stop murdering all these people, you know. <laughs> And a lot of them seem genuinely sorry and they don't know the situation. And it made me really upset actually in that movie. Uh, yeah, um, plot doesn't matter. It's an action movie. You have your action. Uh, like there's a lot, like it's cool, smart fight, good editing. Uh, you, uh, a villain comes in who loves karaoke. <laughs> there's like it's really funny that he loves karaoke. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd has a shotgun. Yeah. There's really cool things shotgun, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, it's just that the fight scenes are all really well done. Uh, I think that the, um, 
it's like an unusual kind of situation because it is like John Wick starring an old person, you know, mm-hmm. and I actually do think so, you know, so I'm in middle age, like rapidly nearing official, official middle age. And there is a lot of stuff that's targeted to me, like a middle-aged white guy who's like doing fine, but like, could I be doing better? You know? So like, that's like a big, like rich vein of media. And there's definitely like a lot of that in this movie. They hit it so hard yeah. that Bob Odenkirk is like, I mean, of course he's like middle-aged, like he's like 20 years older than me, but like, you know, it's like, oh, he's just like trying to provide for his family. And, you know, he did he really do everything he could do? And like, can he can he really turn his life around? Like they hit it so hard. And um, I did. It's like dumb shit that is pandering to me. But I also yeah. did like it. I did like it. I have to say, you know, uh, yeah, it go, it's t- they hand it to you. It goes down easy. Uh, yeah, I like to say I wish there were more action sequences. I think it's maybe like, like three or four. Uh, well, there's the like, bus one. The bus and one's awesome. It's the very long, and then there's a well, the there's big, the big final, big final yeah. one, which is closer to Home Alone than most action movies get. We do get to see him like prepare his. Uh, he buys his place of business that he's been trying to buy. This is one of the subplots. He takes out all his gold bars out of his like secret gold hole and like buys the warehouse and then he goes around and like home alones it up with like grenades and all kinds of shit and it's pretty cool (laughs) it's pretty cool to see it all pay off he rigs guns against the wall so like it uh people line up against the the, the wall and it shoots them ahead it's awesome and then reza and christopher lloyd come out which you know should happen in most movies just reza and christopher lloyd just come out yeah yeah. throughout the movie like reza has lived only inside of a um like really cool vintage stereo system like inside the basement of bob odenkirk and then eventually yeah he burns a bunch of people to death there or there's actually there's actually one of the one of the this movie like i'm saying it has a lot of really well thought out little touches yeah and yeah, one yeah. of the one of the runners i really liked was like there's only two times where bob odenkirk gives little monologues that give exposition yeah, about yeah, his yeah. character and both times that he does it it's to somebody that he's just like beating the shit out of and by the time he finishes the story he's not even done with the story yet he's almost done with the story no, not, he looks and, and the people are all dead yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's my it was my favorite thing in the movie too i had that written down yeah it's, it's oh my god i love nice that touch. so much because yeah, it's just so it's, funny because this it's such a trope in a movie like this that it looks like yeah you give these like speeches about your you know your backstory and then the movie's like you know cuts to somebody being dead and he just kind of yeah. goes oh yeah, okay and he just stops talking <laughs> instead of emotional storytelling we get fun like that we get fun bullshit which which is yeah, I'm all here for. We get uh, fantastic film. Him wrecking a car with a by uh, filling it with a fire hydrant, uh, fire extinguisher stuff. Fire yeah, this is a great yeah. sequence too. He's basically been knocked out. He's put in a car. He wakes up in the trunk, like dislocates his arm and undoes the handcuffs that are on him. He pulls open the emergency thing so he can see out the back of the car. But the way I interpreted it was it's like the car is going like too fast. So he decides he doesn't want to jump out the back. And instead, he just like kicks down the seat, like shoots a fire extinguisher in. And the car like crashes and flips over a million times. But it's like he just had figured like, I'll probably survive a crash easier than I'll survive, you know, jumping out the back of this. So he just like took a rolled the dice, you know. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not taking itself seriously. Like, I don't like the Taken movies, which 
we might have we're close to doing one of this uh and we're trying to think of movies like yeah, taken yeah. Uh, but those movies do take themselves a little bit too seriously which is why i was like okay oh, yeah. just i always say like just fucking have fun and this movie thankfully does that and that's why i'm very glad that uh and that bob is that type of person who uh if you look at his film career which you know recently incorporated uh incredibles 2 and little women <laughs> uh He's, he's great in Little Women. Great, he's just, yeah, he's great in Little Women. He's, uh, I don't know, we're, as we were talking about things to do with the history of Bob Odenkirk in movies, like he's directed oh, yeah. comedies in the early 2000s. And I don't know, he's just, the, he's just always been the man. And I mean, now continues about, to be so on a more famous level. Yeah, no, it's great. Like, I mean, I think this, this movie, was, movie was number one when it came out. I mean, not that that's like a big deal right now, but it kind of is. I think it did like, yeah, it's it still expectations a little bit. It's still making money. Uh, yeah, a uh, $16 million budget, and it already doubled that, so it's probably... And that's in COVID, yeah. Catherine yeah. and I, Catherine was saying, like, I wonder if, like, the world was normal and this movie had come out, like, how good it would have done. Yeah, who knows, because, like, uh, Disney and Marvel would have had their things in theaters more. Well, that's true. But it's yeah. just, like, a real crowd pleaser. Like, it's so fun. I mean, this movie could have been, like, a real hit. Like, a real, like come from like come from nowhere and it makes like 500 million dollars movie word of mouth would have totally helped this movie and hopefully this is some word of mouth I, it, uh, we only saw it because it became on uh just video on demand within the last two weeks i think right before 420 it did yeah on the friday before yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um but yeah no i mean it's just like it's such an amazingly fun piece of you know popcorn movie making and and I, what, what you were saying a minute ago like the fight scenes are funny. That's why I was bringing up Jackie Chan is oh, sure. yeah, are, yeah. it's funny. The, the fight scenes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're, they have, they're, it's not taking itself too seriously. I mean, that's what I love about the John wick movies to it. Well, especially John wick three is that there's a little bit more like levity in it. And it's, it's a little bit more like we're fine. We're having fun finding ways for these people to fight each other in this environment kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, almost in like a video gamey kind of way. Um, and so this movie has a lot of that, like pushed to a real extreme because yeah. it's Bob Odenkirk and he can, he can only do so much. Like part of the movie has to be home alone stuff. And there is a lot of gunfighting in it, you know, like there. So Christopher Lloyd is great in it, but there was a certain point towards the end of the movie where I'm like, okay, like literally all that's happening in this shot is Christopher Lloyd is just like tottering into the frame, holding a shotgun and like, you know, CGI like yeah. shots are going off from it. And it's like, then they're just cutting to like things exploding and like, like people like having their whole guts shot out, but I'm like, but really all he's doing is like barely walking from here to there. A, you know, shout out to the editors earlier. So I'll give a shout out for like editing around how old Christopher oh, Lloyd 100, is. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. We're making him look like he's actual uh, feeble man. You're making him look like he's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's like doing big action stuff. You know? Uh, do you have more to say about this movie? Cause I was just, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those movies where it's just like, how many times can I just say, boy, I really enjoyed this movie? You know, I just had a really fun time watching it. I, I thought it was very inventive and, and uh, a great Yeah, movie. so uh, as I'll say, and it also work as my transition, uh, it's very aware of itself as an action movie, which, thank God, uh, I think a good self-awareness goes a long way. Uh, and, you know, you can have fun with that, or you could, you know, just do what this other movie we're about to cover does and just amp up everything to a degree where everything is just a fucking nightmare uh, of you know what type of movie you're making and 
uh, I don't know, a good self-awareness goes a long way. And I don't know if you felt that with Mandy, but the next movie we're covering uh, really just Uh, leans into everything (laughs) very hard. Yeah, it leans into everything extremely hard. Yeah, I have a lot to say about this movie, actually, Caleb, and I'm excited to talk to you about it. Cool. Uh, So this is Mandy. You exceed the cosmic darkness. It glowed from within, strange and eternal. When I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet, wrap some headphones around my head, and rock and roll me when I'm dead. So starts off Mandy, Panos Cosmatos, revenge action film by way of horror movie slash prog rock album cover slash fever dream. The plot is straightforward enough. Cult leader sees girl, cult leader kidnaps girl, girl's boyfriend goes on revenge tour. This is completely reductive as this movie lives and screams in its details. Mandy doesn't prioritize its plot, instead choosing its grindhouse aesthetic to be the show. And it works because of simply the cast. Linus Roach as the cult leader being an absolute mythic force of evil. Andrew Riseborough as Mandy coming across as a symbol of innocence and strength. And motherfucker Nicolas Cage. Uh, In Mandy, Nick Cage is on some highfalutin Nick Cage bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) Half parody of Nick Cage, half brazen commitment to his feral choices. We are reminded that this man was once an A-level star, and now hear some smaller tender moments build up into his character Red Miller going through mind-altering and unspeakable acts into becoming a full-on killing machine. We are thrown into a deep end of axe foraging and chainsaw fights and buckets of thick black blood. And thankfully, with a director in Panos Cosmatos, who knows exactly what he is doing. Fucking A. Chris, what time of the day did you watch this movie? I watched it at night with all the lights out, Caleb, by myself in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. This was like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie, and it's still just like, holy fuck, man. Yeah, dude. So I had never seen this movie before. Of course, I remember when it came out. It's from 2018. Like, what a big fucking deal it was. It was such a big deal. Um, but I could, and this is when Catherine and I were going to the movies like all the time, like every week. Um, but I could just kind of tell somehow that it was not a movie for me. And I will say I had a really <laughs> tough time with the first hour of this movie, Caleb. Yeah, it's like real rough. It's like slow burn, slow burn, slow motion. Yeah. No, that's not what I mean at all. What I mean is like, I'm a good boy and all this bad boy stuff, all this like extreme all the first hour is torture. Nothing, really? Oh, I well, guess no, it's like slow, d- yeah. I would characterize the second hour as action and fighting, whereas the first hour is dread and torture, you know? Well, in that, you also get, like, a beautiful love story and a dramatic uh, relationship where they're torn apart. And they build up their relationship very good in the first hour. I know. That's why it's so sad to what happens. It's awful. It's awful to watch, you know? It made me feel really bad. You know, I'm like a big baby. I was thinking about it during this movie. I'm like, I'm not... You know, I'm not very intellectually suggestible. Like, I don't watch things and then think what the things tell me to think. But I am very, I am very, very emotionally suggestible. So, like, something like this where I'm watching, like, 
nasty stuff happen to people and like people getting tortured. Like it's just, I just hate it. It makes me feel so bad. I really hate it. It's such bad boy nonsense and I hate it so much. And I know you love it. You love this kind of shit. Well, uh, I mean, if you go hard, you have to go hard to pay it off afterwards. This movie really does that. And the way they treat the entire movie is just like a dream. Like, well, it's, it's like a fucking, I mean, it, it's the soaked word... in like the lighting in this movie is like soaking in like red and blues and brights. Uh, there's fog throughout the entire movie, which doesn't make sense. Uh, like they make the landscapes look like, uh, like pulpy eighties art. Like uh, sometimes yeah. it's even animated. Uh, and like they do a thing where they just hold a shot for way too long, like from afar away and just like, Oh, this is getting uncomfortable now. And again, this is a very cool score and they amp it up at, points where you can't even you don't even care about the dialogue it's just like pounding you with all this uh yeah like emotional manipulation of just like hey man we're giving you a fucking hardcore movie here yeah i mean like look i I, there are certain words that you hear them so much they are meaningless right and they don't mean anything even as adjectives and it's so stupid to say them but like so to me until i saw mandy a word like that was trippy and then i saw mandy and it's like okay well no this is trippy (laughs) like nothing else has ever been trippy like mandy is trippy like it's (laughs) i mean textually in the movie the characters are like whacked out on lsd frequently but like the yeah everything you're saying like the color the music i mean it is it's very much feels like it it's set in 1983 and it feels like a 70s or 80s like heavy metal like you know kind of pulpy yeah yeah science like fiction fantasy thing <laughs> at like a stone at a stoner friends like drawing of a poster like an art friend did and they just a movie that you get to live in that poster and that is literally what mandy's like job is supposed to be right is that (laughs) she draws these kinds of things right so yeah Yeah. every once in a while there's like two moons or like you know the woods look so crazy and um, she wears a black sabbath t-shirt black sabbath t-shirt she's wearing like a motley crew t-shirt one time yeah yeah and they're like really cool yeah yeah so like yeah like the first half of the movie is like all it's set up and then there's dialogue and I think the music does help carry that through. The Johan Johansson score, rest in peace. The great uh, Johan Johansson. Uh, crazy they got him to do this score. This is after his Oscar nom- uh, nominations. Uh, uh, so I believe this was his last score, uh, but I just like him. He did Sicario. Uh, uh, Th- Theory of Everything, I think, was his Oscar nomination. But cool. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, the music, it's all like, AD. Yeah. it's like, it's like heavy metal riffs and yeah, like very ominous sounds. Ambient. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, so, and it's yeah, a, it, one, speaking of the music too, one of the things that I thought it's got this really great, this song in the opening credits, I'll say I didn't recognize. And I was like, oh, this, this is like amazing. I'm loving this so much. And then it has a title credit, like in the opening titles, it's like, you know, main title song by King Crimson. And it's just an old King Crimson song, you know, but I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool that they got a King Crimson song. And also it's cool that they put it in the opening credits. You know, I will go back to, like you said, like the first hour being slow, because it is important at the first hour. So I don't think that is more because Nick Cage is in it in the first half, but not necessarily a lot. Uh, It's more about Mandy and Andrew Rasborough. And then the Linus Roach and his uh, cult, Jesus freaks taking, finding her and like kidnapping her and delivering a speech of like how he deserves everything. And then giving her these trippy drugs, which includes a scorpion sting and eye drops. 
<laughs> it's like L. It's like uh, liquid then, LSD they put directly mm-hmm. into her eye. Yeah, exactly. And then there's this trippy scene where, like, he's as he's saying this, like, how he deserves everything because he was told he does. Uh, Colt bullshit. Uh, he's saying this as they like overlap between his face and her face, and it's just so trippy. Yeah, sometimes you just do the mouth. That's a great shot. That's a really great it's shot. It's so right? cool, yeah. And then and it's it, so like scene, a thing you would you would be seeing on on acid or something, right? Like, and then it, it, the, the, that scene ends with um, he plays a folk song that he written for, and this is where like Mandy just get the character sense of her pushes through. It's like you wrote the song, and then she just laughs at him. She's like, she Jadrid, she just hates this folk song. She's, she's like, you wrote the song, and it's core. about and it's about you. And he was like, yeah. And she's like. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we see his penis nonchalantly. This uh, the penis nonchalantly. Penis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's wearing this cool um, ass space robe that he eventually just undoes. Yeah, you know? and then the the stuff that Chris says is fucking torturous, and thing happens, and it is fucking torturous. And I did, scary Caleb. I fast forwarded through some of this. Yeah, I did because yeah, it goes so on for happens. so long it goes on for so long <laughs> and then they like leave nick cage for dead as he's there as these horrible things happen and then nick cage uh is bloody enough where he can slip out of his handcuffs and then it's not handcuffs it's razor wire ra- tied ra- around razor wrist. Wire. and it's not that he uh, is he's bloody already it's that he likes i was worried during the scene that he was going to de-glove himself he's like <laughs> digging his wrist into the razor wire to like get his hand past it or detail something. man attention to detail yeah. uh so yeah he's doing that he's freeing himself we get uh some fucking weird ass shit with a cheddar goblin uh, commercial he sees which is done by the guy who did too many cooks by the way oh was it really yeah yeah, yeah. it was very weird uh, it's very weird it's just tells story you... he drinks a pint of gin and yells it's a cool scene where he just i mean it's a very classic nick cage this is very scene. extremely nick cage this uh, i wrote in my notes like this is why you hire nick cage for so right he's witnessed this terrible thing mm-hmm. he's almost like sliced all his skin off and then it just cuts to like this crazy wallpapered gold wallpapered and red wallpapered bathroom and he yeah finds a pint of gin in the bathroom drinks almost all of it and then is just screaming and crying and screaming and he's covered in blood and he's screaming and crying like yeah that's that's great that's late period nick cage 100 percent. so this all happens and we're like a little bit a little bit over halfway the movie it's two hours long movie it's like at the hour 15 part this happens and then the title card of the movie actually drops it says mandy at an hour and 15 into this movie it fucking rules that they do this. <laughs> but then now it's the like movie well, starts. There's been other titles before. Yeah, there's other. Well, it's like the chapter titles of. Like, They're like uh, chapter titles, like, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, about. So them. I just took it's it as like, like this. Down. This chapter was called Mandy. You know. Oh uh, no! This is that was the fucking title card, man. <laughs> it, like it, like it, it does the uh, gothic metal font where it, like even stretches and grills a little bit. It's fucking sick that they do that. <laughs> and yeah, then it's like, sick as hell. Like, yeah. Nick Cage is not much in it in the first hour, but the rest of the movie is fucking pure goddamn Nick Cage. Well, it's very similar to nobody that we were talking about. Like nobody hits the Bob Odenkirk as like a pathetic middle-aged guy thing so hard so that then when he snaps, it's so surprising. This Mandy is like that, except like times a fucking billion because there's a straight hour of them being tortured and being ominous. And then he snaps, you know, so then it's like the next hour is just him being completely nuts, murdering people. Yeah. And not even people uh, like demons, demons. So he like, uh, like I said, this director knows what he's doing. Uh, I think the tip off for that is 
uh, right before he goes out and gets this revenge on these people, he goes and gets his weapon. Of course, his weapons are at his friend's house. We haven't met this character before. Uh, turns out it's uh, Bill Duke, who was in Predator, uh, <laughs> is this guy. Uh, I don't know his character's name, but he holds all his weapons for him. And it's pure exposition. He explains that the biker gang, like it's a biker gang protecting this cult. Uh, and, you know, even just like reading about uh, the action movie bona fides, because this is where really the action movie starts kicking in. Uh, Panos' father, uh, which I wish I wrote down his name, but his father made, is an action movie director. He did uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, which is a, the funniest title of a movie ever. You can't be funnier than that. And he did Cobra too. I don't know if you remember Cobra. Yes, with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and uh, two, yeah, so two Stallone. So uh, that's the famous. It, I've never seen it, but I'm so familiar with the poster slash the VHS box where it's him wearing some kind of weird leather outfit and leather gloves, and he's got like an Uzi with a laser sight. Fucking '80s action Stallone movie, uh, and I think like there was a little bit of inspiration that I, I, I did read that he wanted he did make this movie in because his parents pat both his parents passed away, and he said he wanted to. Uh, do this for his family and there is a little bit of just that like strong john let's go get him killing uh, to mandy and that is cool he just surrounds it with satan and i mean it's just pure non-action from this point on i think it's like 45 minute mark yeah there's like 45 minutes left that's just like straight action yeah straight him just getting it on and it's well dude you're saying not only is it this um crossbow but there's a scene of nicholas cage like forging an axe you know he he makes some kind of fucking crazy looking heavy metal axe kind of looks like a bat lift my klingon heads know what i'm talking about (laughs) but like he fucking which he then uses he like does all sorts of shit with that axe he like shoves it in somebody's mouth he throws it at somebody's head like he has like a crazy like mm-hmm. sword fight with it basically um dude so this like there's the there's a cool fight scene he cuts someone's heads off with it so this is this movie's mo in a nutshell he sets a guy on fire pushes him into a flaming car sets him on fire cuts off his head with an axe walks up to his flaming skull to light a cigarette that's fucking sick. I remember and while that in he's in being like, "This, I've peaked. This is one of the coolest things I'll ever see. This is a fucking awesome." It just seems that so was like tortured. Fir- I think that was yeah. the first actual fight scene of like thing because then it like there's a chainsaw fight, chainsaw duel. We get there's a chainsaw, it's like a sword fight, but with chainsaws. Where one of the people it's has great. a normal sized chainsaw and one of them has a really long chainsaw. It's very fun, good directing reveal for me. Well, here's a question for you, Caleb. Let me ask you this. And I mean, I have, obviously, I know the answer as well. But the movie kind of like, so there's these people, there's this kind of squad of bikers that are like, when you first see them, they seem like supernatural horror creatures. But then you hear through this uh, friend of Nicolas Cage's that like, oh, no, they're just a biker gang and they went crazy on LSD and they've never been the same. But then you see them again and they very obviously seem to be demons from hell. So like my question is like, what did you think these people were? Yeah, I think that uh, there was that crazy LSD element to it because uh, they they introduced there's a chemist and. Uh, after he's kidnapped, uh, Red's kidnapped by them, uh, and he kills them, and you know, cuts one open with a box cutter, and has a bunch of blood fall on him. Um, this this monster he, seems like, take, to have a giant horn for a penis, like yeah. a giant. Well, he's like yeah. in, he's like in there uh, after he kills him. He has like after these two fight scenes, he takes their drugs, which 
first he takes there's just a bunch of cocaine and he just does a huge line of cocaine. It's not even right? a line; it's like a mound. He just <laughs> shoved it in his face, and then he finds this like weird gray, weird jar full of like a thick gray material where he just like takes a pinky in and dip, dips it and licks it and just goes crazy from that. So that was like their mainline drug that they're doing the whole time. So like, I don't know if it gave, like gave him superpowers too in a way <laughs> well what, what a Caleb bit. do you think but do you think this biker game is real people or are they demons from hell like what do you think you know I don't want to think about it maybe you don't, I think you don't want to answer this question I, you don't if want I to do that. break it down it maybe they are real people but with this super drug because again he only took a little bit of it and he became that strong uh, and they do I have think a they're demons from hell. Like, I think they're demons from hell. How does that guy yeah, have a giant like horn for a penis? That's true. Yeah, he does have. They do have like other. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that chemist is pretty cool because he. Uh, there's a scene where he confronts the chemist. Uh, Nick Cage's character says no lines, but the chemist says everything about them, what's going on, <laughs> and also there's a tiger in the background. No this scene is like amazing. This scene, there's lots of scenes in this movie where you're like, okay, where is he and what's happening? But like, that's like being a spoil sport to ask questions like that in a movie like this. But like, all of a sudden, he's at this LSD lab and there's this LSD scientist who's like with his bare hands pushing in a sheet of paper into this giant vat of liquid acid. And then he's like licking the acid off his fingers during the course of this conversation. And he's like, seems to be naked, except for he's, and he's like an old man, yeah. but like muscly, an old man, except for this weird leather like smock that he's wearing. And yeah, he has a pet tiger that he like lets go because he seems to believe he's going to be murdered by Nicolas Cage. Although they do leave it ambiguous. You don't see him get killed. Yeah. So like he was cooperative. So maybe Nicolas Cage did not murder him. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. Uh, I'll ask you uh, the question. So this is like, was there any moment where like you thought like, oh, he's actually in trouble. He's going to die in this movie. Because like, like as soon as he like gets up, out of like again after he breaks free and drinks that gin, I'm like, oh, he's just gonna kill everyone. So like yeah, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think he was in danger for even one second for yeah. the entire rest of the movie. I mean, even like I'm saying, like from my point of view, he kills. He fight. There's like four of these bikers that he fights. They seem to be invincible demons from hell. One of them, he shoots them through the neck with what the movie has established is like the world's oh, sharpest yeah. arrow, and the guy just pulls it out and like it's nothing. Like it's nothing, and they proceed to have a huge fight afterwards. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, yeah these Cap people are invincible monsters yeah. from hell. And he, uh, at no point did I think he was going to lose the fight to any yeah, of them. Yeah, they even capture him at one point because he rams his Jeep or his car into one of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he rams his car into one of them him. and his car flips over because they're invincible demons from yeah. hell. Like, you know. And that's the only reason they captured him. Uh, but it's still like, I was like, yeah, that just makes him closer to the action now. I know. And he kills I, I, them all. Yeah. And then, so he kills all the big bads first. And so like what's left is this, wimpy cult leader by the end and you do and get no uh, i don't yeah. know there might be if i like read into it more like a religious thing or like something bigger they're going something for. No, going like, on he just Maybe. squeezes this guy's head and was like i'll suck your dick and then he just squeezes his head. yeah he just goes like i'll suck your dick man whatever the fuck you want <laughs> and this is this guy who's been like so you know messianic before this it's like really funny um <laughs> I have to say, have you seen, I have only, so the director of Panos Cosmatos oh, seen, has, yeah. 
his other big thing is beyond the black rainbow. This like absolutely crazy. It's it's like Mandy, but it makes even less sense. It doesn't even like really attempt yeah, to make sense. Make much, yeah, no, it, um, yeah. it doesn't really even like have a plot necessarily. I mean, it kind of does, but it also doesn't. Yeah, I've tried to watch this movie high, several times is, and I, yeah, I fell I've asleep every time. Yeah, I was um, like, man, this is just cool things to look at. <laughs> but yeah, like speaking of that movie, it's like. I think what the strength of this movie, Mandy, is just some amazing visuals. Like it has some amazing, amazing visuals. And I do think it obviously it's made by someone who understands what it's like to be super fucked up on psychedelics. Like it does capture that feeling like really, really well. And uh, at its heart, it really is just an action movie just drawn out to be so fucking insane. And that's cool. Like he threw a gauntlet down and I don't think anyone's really answered it yet since... Yeah, uh, it, got go of, like, it got a lot of like, it got of like Fangoria what I, Awards. Yeah, yeah, Fangoria Awards. I was going to say this whole kind of culture that I don't really know what to call, but it's like, um, it's like uh, Alamo Drafthouse culture kind of stuff, you know, this like, oh, sure. wow, this crazy more. thing, you know, and it's kind of being driven by like, you know, middle aged white guys or something. But like, like, do you know what I mean? This like kind of like, oh, yeah. I don't, and almost like uh, that movie Butt Boy that we did. Like, that's kind of like that, you know? Mm-hmm. This world of like uh, stylized, you know, extreme horror movies that are like a version of something from the past, but like dialed up to a million. Like yeah. Bigfoot, like the man who killed Bigfoot or whatever, you know? It's taking like something familiar and seeing how far you could stretch it out to. Uh, an aesthetic uh and then this in mandy's case is just how insane or like nick cagey we could make it and you know it does yeah. help like i said not nick cage's great but also the other cast is very very good uh and just really like amping up what exists already to like expand the genre too and that is like it is and still like i said it's still an action movie so it's still like expanded action movies to be this level of crazy which I'm still waiting for someone to do i, mean, I don't know uh I would say this and uh, Fury Road and uh, the fight scenes in John Wick are just what action movies are going to be in the future. Just yeah, insane yeah. stuff, cool fights, uh, awesome practical stunts. Uh, yeah, there's awesome practical I mean, stunts all... in this movie. Yeah, and there's lots mm-hmm. of really cool fights, like we're saying. I mean, it's kind of a movie that like it describes better than it watches almost. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh yeah, he has a... <laughs> sword fight with chainsaws with a demon you know yeah. and it, it is it, cool it to see but it's almost like it's a bunch of ideas like that you know <laughs> uh again this is like my fourth watch of it i'm I was, i'm still surprised every time and there's still like some mundane funny things i like about it too uh like every time i i always forget it happens uh and i love it every single time it makes me laugh out loud it's early on in the movie he goes Knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's that's a humor. So like, it helps establish that they're just like kind of losers in the who, not losers, just weirdos who live in the woods. And that like uh, counts as like cute and sexy in their yeah. relationship, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And uh, I don't know. It's nothing like you'll ever see and if you're gonna watch it, watch it stoned. I would recommend. Oh my god, hybrids. watch it on fucking mushrooms or something. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, can I just say, you're speaking of the other cast, like, so Linus Roach is the villain, the big bad in the movie, this, like, long-haired, blonde, often shirtless, occasionally full-frontal naked, like, cult leader, rapist person. Mm -hmm. So... I'm very familiar with Linus Roach as being the DA on the last couple seasons of Law and Order. <laughs> like, uh, as a, a character, he then continued on to Law and Order SVU for a couple of years. But, like, he's so great in that. And he does a lot of versions of that, like, upper, like, you know, very successful, like, New York City kind of asshole kind of person. So to see him in this part and to be doing it so well, I was like, this motherfucker has the range. Like, this is amazing to see, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Linus Roach, but, like, I was just, yeah, like, I mean, absolutely yeah. blown away to see him in this part. And I, yeah. I was delighted. But it also did, it took me out of it in a certain sense because I'm like, fucking Linus Roach is like this guy. And I'm like, but he is. He does a great job as He's being very, that guy. very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. remembered him as uh, he was uh, Dr. Thomas Wayne in uh, Batman Begins. He was the dad. Exactly, exactly. That kind of person, like a rich yeah. middle-aged person. Like that's basically every character he plays. He has a very tight haircut and all his hair is gray, you know, mm-hmm. and he's kind of being and, and rude, to, but in a smart way, you know. And the title character, uh, and Mandy, is played by Andrew Riseborough, who, uh, again, is only in it for like the first half of the movie. Uh, but I think she's, I don't know, she's an actress who always does things uh, for art. She's, I don't think she's really taken a, probably has gotten offered big roles. I don't know what a signature role is, but I always loved her in everything she does. Uh, even like in, there are two movies the past year I really liked. The one uh, possessor, which is uh, Brandon Cronenberg, David's son, did a really oh, cool really? movie she stars in. Uh, and then she yeah, was also she in, was in Death of Stalin, books. I guess. And yeah, she's she's in Birdman. Uh, she's in tons of Nocturnal Animals. Uh, uh, Nancy, as a, if you want to see just someone be a really good actor, I would recommend go check out Nancy. That was also from the same year uh, Mandy came out because I remember Mandy Nancy. That's a thing. <laughs> she's just got a very like her. There's a, a picture on her Wikipedia of her at the premiere of Death of Stalin, I guess. She looks like completely different than she looks in this movie, which again oh, looks yeah. completely different from she's, how she looks in this other picture. Like she's just such a like she can do anything. Yeah, I've seen her like with uh, like the short Tilda Swinton hair, just a very art cut or just, like, yeah, she's can be a model. She She's just uh, that type of person who can look so like like a 80s stoner uh, metalhead or a... Yeah. Uh, cheek Berlin model type. She's an amazing actress and she does cool shit like Mandy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And Possessor. I would recommend everyone to go check out Possessor. Uh, you got anything else you want to say about this movie, kiddo? And she's in that uh, David L. Russell movie I, 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 me and Chris talked about before. Oh, is uh, she? She was in that list of names you did? List of names. <laughs> oh my God. It was so many names. It was impossible to comprehend, Caleb. Literally, it was impossible yeah. to comprehend. Yeah, and she's part of it, yeah. <laughs> Congrats to her. Uh, yeah. Congrats uh, to David uh, O. Russell in all honesty. Yeah. She's great. I recommended Indica Hybrid right for this movie, I would say. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. Um, it's a team so hybrid Caleb, for nobody. Let's New say you it. had to pick one of these movies or you had to watch someone you love be brutally murdered. Like, which one would you pick? Uh, I would pick Mandy. Uh, it is a thing where, like, damn, that's so much up my wheelhouse. And, like, like I said, I still get chills and... I didn't even talk about how the ending shot of him in the car, like he's covered in blood for the last 40 minutes of this movie. And they just do a really fun shot of him just going Nick Cage crazy. 
Love it. Having big uh, white I mean, teeth and big white eyes and his face totally covered in blood. Yeah. Uh, you might have seen it as a meme, probably, hopefully. It's great. Uh, I think both these movies are cult status or like a midnight movie. Uh, whereas nobody, like we said, is is going to work up to there. Like word of mouth is going to spread that. It's going to be that much fun. And it does have legs and I'm excited for people to see this movie. But Mandy was there like instantly. <laughs> It's just that much of a cult classic movie, uh, and it will be for forever. It's still something I get impressed by on multiple rewatches. It's so definitely a, a cult classic, future cult classic, current cult classic. I mean, it's three years old at this point, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I really, I hope I communicated, like, how much trouble I had watching this. Not just the <laughs> tortures and the murders, but, like, just the extreme bad boy way that everything is happening in this way that's, like, if like if you actually were watching this movie on, on Mushrooms or on Acid, if you watched the first hour of it, you would completely flip out and you would be having an awful time because it's only negativity. It's only, like murders and tortures and like people just like talking in ways that are weird and like really scary, you know, like I just hate, I hate, I hate all this bad boy nonsense, Caleb. I do hate it. I'm just a big baby and I don't like it. So that is why I have to pick nobody a hundred percent. What an entertaining film. Lots of fun. Great to watch. Mandy is definitely a very creative movie. And I, I, I can see in some arguments for ways that it is better quote unquote, um, but I do also think there's something pernicious about the whole culture around a movie like Mandy, where it's this kind of like, I don't know, like internet enabled, like Bill totally extreme, you know, memeified, like just a bunch of ideas stapled together, the things that would be cool. And uh, that's called being I, a filmmaker, man. They're putting ideas first and present. I mean, that's Whereas, cool, like, dude. Movies, that's cool. Like, the plot are slight and not not happening uh and in nobody it's just boring when it's not action wow. with i Mandy, would, not, I would like, disagree with that i think there's a lot of poignant things to say about middle age caleb you know yeah and it's better in uh that ray romano show with andre brower it is i don't i don't disagree with that um <laughs> but yeah and mandy like you know yeah it's definitely a midnight movie it's totally crazy everything's crazy all the time uh and it's fun it is fun in some ways but i i really just i'm just a big baby i didn't like all the nasty boy stuff so i gotta yeah, I say, say i gotta say no nobody there is just a lack of filmmaking uh Come outside on, of the what action. are you talking about i'm talking about out everything outside of the action is what outside i'm saying of, uh, well okay but i mean it's like a I, I think it's like it's like a jackie chan film i think it's which like, is fine I think, I, it's like well, a john wick he, movie like, it's like it's, have, a, but, it's amazing fight choreography yeah you know i think that's an art form I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I'm saying that it's a very slight, and that again is you just named several movies that are also like that. Whereas Mandy, like you, I can't name but money much movies also like that who just puts forth that much energy into fuck it, freaking you the fuck out. That to me is yeah. I guess that's I'm a true. bad boy, Chris. And that's like true. Filmmaking that challenges me and makes me upset because Damn, it's good. You know, I'm it's not good to be a bad much. boy. I'm not uh, an easygoing guy, so I like things that put me in a bad mood and make me be like, these are real feelings. (laughs) I think that's great, dude. And I think it's good. I wish I was more of a bad boy, but I'm I'm not. I wish that I was, but I just am not. I'm a big softy, uh, sweetheart, good boy. Who would win in a fight? 
uh, Hutch Mansell or Red Miller? Oh man, that's really hard because are, is it is the fight taking yeah. place in like in like reality or is it taking place like in hell with magic chainsaws? You know. Well, he is in. Uh, he traveled to it, so it is a reality. And those chainsaws weren't magic; they were. Just that's true. The chainsaws, chainsaws were not magic. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> chainsaws were not magic. Um, yeah, I, guess, I uh, think. I mean, I think that Nicolas Cage's character would probably win because he seems genuinely yeah, insane. Would. You know, yeah. Like he did get stabbed and still keep going. Whereas I don't know, there was moments where uh, Hutch himself were like, "Oh, he just got knocked down a bunch." It yeah. seemed there were moments it's it seems like Hutch would not get back up again. Yeah, would would love to see it. Would love to see the two of them uh, fictional characters fight in movies. I would love to see Terminator fight Rambo. I would love to see uh, a Godzilla versus uh, King David Kong, Kong. Say yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, King, you're right, King. Kong. I would love to see nobody versus Mandy. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, Hutch is like you know he's like an old ex assassin. Like that's. Whereas Mandy is like Nicolas Cage's character in Mandy. Just like, I don't know, like we were yeah. saying, just like a Superman. Like a, he, has inf- he has infinite powers. Yeah. They can, they, there's a scene well, where... He took, those, um, he took those drugs that would made him super... He took those drugs that gave him infinite powers. There's a scene where Linus Roach goes like, this is the infected blade from the forge of Galadriel and like sticks it in his side, like all the way in and pulls it out. And we don't even like hear about that again. You know, like yeah, he talks about him being crucified or like he said, what Jesus should have done is had a sacrifice, which is totally missing the point of what Jesus did. Which Jesus. Is funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty much the whole point of Jesus is that he sacrificed <laughs> yeah. himself. I think, I think that's his main deal. Yeah. That's his whole thing. If only and Jesus God had sacrifice. somebody else get sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> Come to ABC movies for the movies. Leave about what the Jesus lesson. Leave for the theological discussion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess that's the show for this week. Uh, so great to talk to you, Caleb, as always. Yeah. Good yeah. Job, <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye. Well, when he's getting, when he's cutting the guy's head off, he's like, stop it. (laughs) You know? (laughs)